Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for the, the Douglas, Douglas Coleman, Coleman Show. Mr. Smooth and Savvy is joined by guests from all walks of life. From the entertainment industry to authors to political and social commentators, the famous and not so famous, the controversial and the light and fluffy, we have it all. Now, here's Douglas Coleman. Okay, please welcome to the Douglas Coleman Show, Stephen Games. Hello, Stephen. How are you? Hello, Douglas. I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. How are you? Doing great, thank you. Thank you for coming on good, the good. show. Nice to have very you welcome. here. So you've got a company called Envelope Books, and according to your bio, it is a micro-publisher. Uh, I want to ask about that first off, because I know of big publishing, like the big five in New York City, and then there's something yeah. called hybrid publishing, and then there's self-publishing, like on Amazon Kindle. But what is a micro-publisher? Well, we're small. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the, the clue is in the, the clue, name. The clue is in the um, name, all right. I, I mean, I come into this because uh, I've got two strings of my bow here. One is that I publish what is the biggest books magazine uh, in the UK. It's called Book Launch. Uh, the website is booklaunch.london, booklaunch.london. Oh. And uh, we've got a circulation of about 50,000, just over 50,000. In UK terms, in British terms, that's pretty big. I think uh, in the States, the New York Review of Books has a circulation of 120,000. But, I mean, you're, you've got a population five, six times larger than ours. Uh, and Book Launch started five years ago, and readers were coming to me and saying, I, uh, we've got, you know, I've got a book. I don't know how to publish it. I can't find an agent. I can't find a publisher. You go onto a website, to an agent's website, and it says, we're not accepting submissions. <laughs> you, know, you go to a publisher's website, we're not accepting submissions. Or if they are accepting submissions, you have to fill in this long pro forma, and it takes ages, and then they either ignore it, or it takes three months for them to get back to you. And it's always a no. And I thought, it's so humiliating for people you know, if you've got a book, you've said something, you've put some effort into it. Why? Why don't we help? You know, I'm I'm publishing a magazine. I could be, I could be doing a a, a a publishing house as well, and that's how it started. And it only it's only been going two and a half years, but um, it, it's it's an amazing operation, and it's particularly exciting now because we've just launched in uh, North America, in the states and Canada, um, about a month or so ago. 
and um, it's it's going great guns. <laughs> it's very exciting. Well, congratulations on the American launch. Mm. Do you critique the uh, submissions you get, or do you just take anyone? No, no, I, I, I don't. And we do have to say this, this isn't for us. But there, you know, there, are a, there are a number of different criteria. One is, does this have any commercial legs? Is this going to go anywhere? And if the answer is no, it may still be that the book is something that deserves to be out there. So we have a branch of envelope books that are called, that's called postcard books. And um, postcard books <laughs> is a service for writers who they want to do their memoirs. They want to leave something to their kids and their grandchildren that they can read. And as long as they have a good story to tell and there is basic literacy, we can take that and we can work with them. And we work with them to the same literary standard as we would work with a mainstream uh, commercial publication uh, because people deserve that. And unfortunately, and this is, I feel terribly passionate about this, you can probably hear, um, there are a lot of publishing, servicing houses out there uh, that are very happy to take money from innocent individuals. Uh, they will package the book they will not take any interest in the quality of the writing or any sort of editorial supervision. Uh, they'll do the least that they can possibly do in terms of both the content and the cover design. And they'll take the money and they get very, very rich. And the poor writer doesn't realize that they've been taken advantage of. And it happens over and over and over again. And it's kind of shameful. It's humiliating and it's condescending to the, to, to the writers. You know, people deserve more. People deserve better. They don't have to be Emil Zola or, or Dickens or you know, Don DeLillo. You know, they still deserve to have their book well-treated, respectfully treated. Well, that's one of the things we do with postcard books. But with envelope books, which is the mainstream side of things, we're looking like anyone would be for a, a, a commercial, commercial publication. And... Uh, uh, that's uh, so. so that, that's the other side of things. Okay. That's, that's a, yeah. So, so you mentioned that Envelope Books is launched in in the U.S. Is this an actual brick and mortar place, or is it just you now have a website and are accepting submissions from the United States? Yeah, we're sub I mean, we're sub accepting submissions from all around the place. No, I mean the operation is based in London, in the U.K. Uh, but um, because there's a website, people come our way. Uh, we brought out a book, uh, two books uh, in the spring, one by uh, a journalist in the BBC's uh, West Africa Bureau in, in Lagos in Nigeria, who'd written 12 uh, short stories about life, the life of the underclass in Lagos, uh, called um, uh, Lagos Life and Sexual Distraction. And a book written by a woman really about about her mother's life in what is now Zimbabwe, uh, what was then Rhodesia in the 1940s, 50s, and 60s, a woman called Fatima Kara, um, called The Train House on Lobingula Street. And uh, I don't know how they came to me, but, um, uh, you know, that's the, that's the wonderful world of uh, the Internet, I guess, and publishing. And we were able to get both of these books turned around. And they are so completely different from each other. One West African, one East African. 
you know, I've, I have no contact with those, with either of those cultures, but they both made astonishingly strong books. Why did you decide to be a publisher? I'm looking at your bio, and it says that you were a former mm. architect, architecture correspondent for The Guardian, documentary mm. maker for the BBC, and an opinion writer for the LA Times, and you studied graphic design and architecture. So, mm. so why publishing? Where did that come from? Well, I think, I mean, I, architecture, I guess, is my core. Architecture and design is my core subject. In fact, our, our magazine book launch sponsored last night. We had the award ceremony for the Architectural Book of the Year. There's never been an Architectural Book of the Year competition before, and we had the award ceremony last night. I love architecture, but I love architecture, uh, and I love writing about architecture because I'm interested in discourse. I like the dissemination of ideas. And architecture just happened to be the slot, so that's what I tended when I was much younger to focus on. I'd just been studying it. But as I got older, so uh, I, I suppose I became more experienced, and the things I was interested in encouraging discourse about um, expanded. And now I'm in the happy position of being able to run a, uh, a magazine which is non-topic-based, uh, non, uh, it, it's... it's, a, it's um, it, it, it publishes uh, extracts from new books right across the board. Most, actually, mostly nonfiction. It's, easy, it's easier to do extracts from books and nonfiction. But the point about the uh, about book launch is that it it wants you know every book magazine is about uh, reviewing. You you find a you find a, a professional reviewer to express articulately an opinion about a book. But what book magazines don't do is to say you know what it's actually quite attractive to listen to the voice of the writer let's just listen to the voice of the writer for a while because that voice deserves to be heard as well and if you were to go into a bookshop and you pull a book off the shelf there you skim through a few pages and you're hearing the voice of the writer in your head so that's what we take in book launch and as I say, the, the, the range of subjects goes right across the board. Now, if I were a cleverer publisher <laughs> uh, starting a new publishing company, I'd, I mean, if I were a more commercial, let's put it that way, if I were a more commercial publisher, I would do what most people do, which is say, I need to occupy a little uh, niche. Uh, so I'm only going to do books about caterpillars or uh, frogs or militaria or or whatever. And you know, I'll get known for that. And readers will come back time and time again. And, and I'll build up a reputation for doing books about frogs. And I have a morbid horror of repetition. Uh, and I feel that the, the last thing I want to do when I've read a book about frogs is to then read another book about frogs. And I assume, or at least I'm looking for a public that feels the same way as me. I guess that's what it is. So once you've read a book about something, I want you to read a book about something completely different. Once you've read a fiction book, read a non-fiction book. Uh, and expand your mind and expand your range and, 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 and capacity. That's what my publishing company is doing. And, it, you know, it's very, very rare. I go to the London Book Fair. I go to the Frankfurt Book Fair. And most little publishers... They have a little speciality subject. Uh, it's very strange to do what we're doing. It's like we're reinventing the early days of publishing. Uh, it's absolutely counter 
intuitive in terms of what you'd learn in business school. Well, I'm happy to hear that you have a morbid fear of repetition because I do as well. And one of the things about this podcast that has been criticized, actually, was that I don't have a niche, that I just Mm. basically take whoever interests me and Mm. we try to keep it varied. We've had people from all different walks of life. I only do, uh, well, I should say I only will refuse to do people who are adamantly political on one side or the other. You know, if they're coming on to wave their Trump flags or their Biden flags, Mm. I won't have Mm. them. Or religious, you know, ones Mm. that that are screaming about that. But anything else I take. And so I've always had a very difficult time pigeonholing my podcast into a niche. Uh, And maybe that's why we're not doing as well as we could be. (laughs) But, (laughs) um, you know, I don't care. I, I don't want, there yeah. are podcasts out there. I'll give you an example quickly. There's one guy who actually I had on the show, and he was a nice guy. I didn't agree with his subject matter, but it was okay. Um, who has an entire podcast dedicated to the concept that the earth is flat. Okay, now. We need, we need people like that as well. Well, we do, and it was entertaining, <laughs> and, and he had great arguments to try to yeah. convince me that the earth was indeed flat, that we were all yeah. Yeah. living in the Antarctic basin. But his whole podcast is that, and he's been going on for years, and it just seems like beating a dead horse. I mean, how many times can you go over that concept? But there, there is in the UK something called the Flat Earth Society, yes. Yeah, I, well, I think he's probably whole, whole associated, society. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. So yeah. so that when you said morbid fear of repetition, I just ding, you know, because that's yeah. exactly what I feel. And, you know, you have to be a real corporate to love repetition because that's how the corporates make their money. You know, you find something and you do it again and you do it again and you do it again and it becomes mass production. Yeah. And if that, you know, if that's what you want, then then fine. But it's not what I want because I want to move on to something else because because it's dull. You know, to do the same thing over again and let the corporates do it. Well, uh, I mean, the other thing that's boring, really, really boring in publishing is the way that publishers focus on the already famous. You know, in the UK, I don't know whether you know him in, in, in the States, you, you probably do now. Um, there's a, um, a character who's occupied the number one slot in the bestseller chart for about two years now with a series of his rather Agatha Christie-style detective novel, novel, someone called Richard Osman. And um, is he very good? He's okay. He's a likable, rather nerdy game show host on afternoon television. Hmm. You know, so everybody knows him and everybody buys him and he's been the top of the best-selling book charts for two years. And, and but, 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 you know, why? Because he's known and because he has already from his television programs a, um, a, a publicity machine behind him. So, yeah, it's a formula for, for, for making money. It's dull. Well, I agree with you. And also people could say that you and I may have very limited attention spans. Uh, I've been criticized for that. <laughs> you know, that as soon as we do one thing, okay, let's move on to the next. And we don't we don't focus on one particular topic for very long. 
I don't know. Well, that's true. I yeah. think, I mean, when I was at school, I was a sprinter, not a long-distance runner. Um, <laughs> right, so, yeah. Uh, you know, there's that, there's that sort of similarity, yes. I think the bo- if the bottom line is money, I would advise people not to go into the creative arts at all. Go to Wall Street and make your money, mm. and then, mm. you know, once you've got money in the bank, then you can pursue your creative endeavors. Because I think the chase for money dilutes the creativity in people, at least my opinion. Because uh, Elton, I'll quote Elton John. Um, he said that the people that have the most influence in the music business are the ones that know the least about music. And I think he was, he was spot on with that. I think he was absolutely right. But I mean, I don't know how. I, I, I'm sure, in in a way, what I'm doing is 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 what you're doing in 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 your show. You know, I'm I'm creative in my own life. Um, but what I'm doing as a publisher is I'm working with other people, and I like that. I, I it's I almost feel it's like being the family doctor. You know, a writer mm. comes to me and says, "I've got this thing." I don't know whether it quite works. You know, it's uh, chapter six is is a bit funny. Or, or I say to them, you know what? It's a very interesting book. You've got a very good idea there. It's not quite working. Now let's let's fix this, and we work on it together. I had a book that came over from South Africa a couple of years ago uh, that was offered to me. I just started up. Why? She, the agent offered it to me. I have no idea, no experience whatsoever, and <laughs> um, this perhaps one of the most celebrated uh, 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 novelists in South Africa, Marguerite Poland, had just written a book called A Sin of a Mission, and it was offered to me. I read the first sentence. I said, I'm going to take that. I'm going to have that. And I worked through the book, and there were, there were problems with it. It hadn't quite been resolved. It had already come out in South Africa. hadn't quite been resolved. There were little storylines uh, that, that, that were inconsistent and stuff like that. And I worked on it with the author for about three months, and we ended up with something that was so meticulously <laughs> fantastic. I mean, it, it was a real work of, um, a real work of love. And uh, it's, uh, the, the, the British version of that book is, is, is just an absolute stunner. As it happens, it went on to win the South African Book of the Year Award a couple of years ago. It's just been long-listed for the Royal Society of Literature's uh, uh, Ondaatje Prize. So uh, it has been recognized as a... Oh, and it got the, uh, got the Walter Scott pr- um, uh, shortlist, uh, uh, Walter Scott Prize for Historical Fiction. So, yup, it was, it was a great book. But that thing about getting together with the writer and holding their hand and going for a walk together, it's just a wonderful experience. And, and it, it's almost like being a jazz musician. You know, you don't quite know where, where the piano is going to lead. You don't know quite what Chick Corea or Keith Jarrett is going to do, but you go with them and you're playing the saxophone or drums or double bass or whatever like that. You know, and you talk together as the music as the music grows and you build something and you're listening to each other, and it's the most wonderful experience. And why would you? Why would anyone not want to do that? I love it. Well, that's a great analogy. Let me go back to Envelope Books for a second. Now, specifically yeah. with your company, so somebody sends you a manuscript and mm-hmm. maybe you like it and maybe you're going to take it. Now, how do you mm-hmm. make your money? Do you take a fee up front from the author 
or do you take a percentage of sales, or how does it work with you? Well, we can do it a hundred ways. If we're doing a book that's not going to sell, like someone's memoir, and it's going to be given to the, to the family, um, then obviously that's, that's, that's going to be a service to the, to, uh, the, the, that um, the, the author will pay for, and it's a negotiated fee um, uh, agreed with them. If it's a book that uh, it's, it's, we're going to try and get into bookshops, um, then um, we're going to go down a, a, the percentage route, the way that the mainstream uh, writers do. Um, sometimes we'll say to an author, you know, we're going to need a bit of help here because this is going to need marketing, and that's an ever-open you know, pit for throwing money into. It's a blank check, um, yeah. When the uh, when Tunde Osasanya's book came from from Lagos, I mean, I wasn't going to take money from him. I mean, the, <laughs> the, the economy is uh, is completely shot. So, I mean, it, it, it does depend. It does depend. Okay, how many books have you got on uh, on your books at this point? Um, we've got two coming out in September. We've got two coming out in November. I've got six then coming out next spring. So we'll be up to, I mean, this is, this is early days. We only started two, two years ago. We'll be up then to about 25 uh, sort of mainstream titles with about six or seven of the, the postcard books, the, the service books for, for amateurs in the background. So we will have done about 31, 32 books, I guess. Is there any, just to give people a little bit of a, of a clue, is there any mm. subject matters that you absolutely will not take? Well, um, I wouldn't want to be a poster boy for the neo-Nazi party. Um, okay. Um, you know, I'm doing, it's, it's, I mean, it's a very good question. Uh, and it's probably the same question, that, well, as you said before, that you would ask yourself of, of the people that you have on your show. For example, I'm doing a book at the moment for a man called Ian Ross. He lived his life in the tobacco. He was a very, very senior executive in the tobacco industry. He was with BAT, British American Tobacco, and Imperial Tobacco. And people would, he would meet people and they'd say, oh, I kill people. <laughs> uh, and um, he, he's, he's worked all the way around the world uh, in his career. He's, he's retired now. And, uh, to, I mean, to some extent, the book is How Does a Man in the Tobacco Industry See the World? And I think that's a very valid, you know, I mean, I don't smoke. I, I don't advocate smoking. I think it's a dangerous and foolish thing to do. But I'm very interested to hear how someone in that line of, of, of work would see the world. And he sees it differently from me. He will talk about Vietnam, for example, as having been saved by the tobacco industry. You think, what? How? Well, he says in the book, because before the big tobacco companies came into town, um, tobacco was racketeering. It was all, um, it, there, there was no customs and excise on, on tobacco. Uh, black market. And the moment yeah. that the big firms came in, the government could start saying, right, well, now we can, we've got a product we can tax. Right. And so they could build up revenue for the, for the state. And Ian says, you know, now they've got an established economy. They can, they're now in a position to say, you know what, we're going to take a foot off the gas in terms of, 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 of tobacco and, and cigarettes and so on. But, you, but we got them going, he says. And I've never heard that before. 
And he may be completely wrong. I don't know. May, may be completely delusional, but I thought it was an interesting idea to put out there. So Envelope Books is now available in the United States. Do you have a different website for the U.S.? No. No. Envelopebooks.co.uk. .co.uk is the kind of standard uh, British domain. Okay. And our books can be seen there, yes. And can people submit to you through the website as well? Oh, God, yes. Okay. <laughs> just email. Just email the book. I mean, people, because of this this sort of corporate horror about having to jump through hoops and you have to write a little essay about where you were at university and who you were taught by and what inspires you, you know, I don't care. I don't want to know anything about you. I don't know anything about who inspired you and, and why you love literature. Just send me the goddamn book. <laughs> and I will, I like or one of us will get back to you in 48 hours. Oh. Yeah, none of this waiting for, for three months, if you're lucky, for a reply. Get back to you in 48 hours. That looks like an interesting book. Let's talk about it. Or I don't think that we can do anything for you. Interesting book came in um, about three or four months ago, written by a woman who is completely illiterate. Mm. She was the product of a very, very distressed, damaged background, and she could barely string a sentence together. She had a very interesting story about damaged adolescence. And she said, I've given the book to my daughter because she's at university, and I've asked her whether she can tidy it up. And she tidied it up a bit, but you know, she'd actually tidied it in the wrong direction. What was really interesting about it was to see how an illiterate writer writes about illiterate people. You know, it was, it was fascinating to see that mishandling of literacy. That's a very interesting, that's a very interesting approach. You know, there, there, are, there, are so many way, I, there are so many ways of conjuring up a book. There are so many approaches. And I just, there are a lot of writers. I don't, uh, it's, it's, not, it's not so, it, it hasn't been so much of a thing in this country. It is a big thing in America. We're going to writing school. You know, creative writing class, creative writing departments. I, I, I really have problems with them. There's so much copycatting, just like publishing. There's so much copycatting. And what I, I want the writer to find something that's... I want them to talk their own language. I want the book to be authentic. I don't want um, a, a book that's a copy of something that's already done really, really well. Um, I hate the professionalism of everything. I, I want, I want the, I want authenticity, and I want individuality. Like listening to jazz. Yeah, like listening to jazz. You know? I like that, Stephen. We're going to have to wind this down. We are out of time. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah. this was a, a pleasurable conversation. Uh, again, the book. Uh, excuse me. Again, the uh, website is is www.envelopebooks.co. Dot uk co is co dot uk <laughs> okay yeah great and um, yes do uh, take a look at it take a look also at booklaunch dot london which is the books magazine uh, because that is a, it's it's just a wonderful showcase for for books that aren't get, they're not going to get reviewed in the new york times or the new york uh, review of books but there are a lot of books out there which are just they just deserve to be known about 
Um, they, 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 they expand our minds when we, when we read them, and they deserve their moment in the, in the sun, and, and Book Launch provides that as well. Super. Well, thank you again, and best of luck. Thanks, Douglas. It was a pleasure. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.